Well, welcome back to Sunday Morning Church in a New Reality. But we're going to have a wonderful time together all day today. Now, let me just go over a few practical things, and then I'll share with you the offering thought today. First of all, I want us to stop and pray for the frontliners. So many of our members are not just security guards, policemen, soldiers, military people, government officials. So many of our people work in the hospitals. They're doctors, they're nurses, they're med techs. And they're, they're the front line. And, you know, it's not easy right now because, first of all, the panic going into the hospital, dealing with people that are afraid. And, you know, they're dealing with the reality of life and death and they're having to deal with people's silly fears. So we need to pray for their patients, but also we need to pray for God's protection upon them. He said that he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in your way. Not just guards when we're in our home, but guard us when we're in the way, when we're on the way. Father, I pray right now for all of our doctors, our nurses, our lab techs, all the people that work in the hospitals, all of the frontline people that are trying to provide security right now and roadblocks and peace and order, all the government officials. Father, I ask in Jesus' name, let the faithfulness of your promise rise up strong within their hearts that there'll be no fear within them, Lord, because they know that you're with them and that you've given your angels charge concerning them, that the angels are ministering spirits sent to minister unto us, and those angels are protecting them while they're on their way, that they're surrounded by a cloud of the love of God, that they're protected by the faithfulness. Your faithfulness is a shield. Father, let just a simple rest of faith as they serve others in this time, let that simple rest of faith that you are watching over them. Just flow within their hearts, Father. And Lord, they're tired. They're not eating properly. They're worn out and exhausted. Some of them are working 36-hour shifts. Lord, I ask in Jesus' name, strengthen them. Supernaturally, Lord, strengthen them. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, let me talk to you about a few practical things. All this week, uh, every morning at 6 a.m. and then every evening at 7 p.m. In the mornings, we have morning devotions, and I just read the Bible, and we worship and pray together. In the evening, we have a little one-hour service together. Let me encourage also that it is on uh, DZBR, DZBR 531, our radio station, 531 a.m., and that won't take up any of your bandwidth unless you're listening to it online, and even that will take up less bandwidth. So, you know, get it out there. Make sure people who don't have Internet know that they can listen to it on the radio. Pass it on to your relatives and your friends and things like that. Now, every day I'm coming to you live. Like right now, I'm sitting here. And Sister Bev calls this our snug because we downsized when Pastor A got married and EJ got married. So this is our, our snug. So we're sitting here in our snug. And, you know, every morning and every evening, I'm coming to you live. Now, it's important to me that you know that I'm not taping it. Like I could go out on the balcony and tape for a couple hours every morning and then be free the rest of the day. But I want you to know that every day I'm right here with you and that we can respond to whatever is going on during the day. We can come back again that night. Whatever happens at night, we can come back and talk about it in the morning. So every day I'm going to sit down with you live. Now, say, Pastor, you're dressed in long sleeves today. Well, it's Sunday and, you know, I want to dress up a little bit for the Lord's Day. And I can just hear all the young people right now. Pastor, are you still wearing your shorts? We caught you the other night. Um, guilty. I'm still at home. So 
and a nice long sleeve barong, and I got my shorts on and my slippers on. So I'm relaxed just like you are. We're home, but God is with us. Now, let me talk to you about a few things in your own life. You need to have a routine established. Now, this first week was kind of a novelty. Everybody kind of coped up. But now the second week, it's going to wear a little bit thin, all right? So you need to sit down as a family today and talk about schedule. Sit down with the kids and say, this is when your nap times are going to be. This is when you're going to do your studies. This is when you're going to read. Mom and dad need a little quiet time during the day. Mom and dad can't be your play toy all day. We still have work to do at home. We still have things that we have to work on. So establish a routine and then, then live by the routine. Now, some of the things to put in the routine would be, of course, morning devotions and evening service. Some of the things to put into the routine would be quiet times for the kids so that they know at these hours you're available for playtime and these hours you, you have to work. Um, set it maybe a game time every night where you get out a board game or something and you play with the kids and, you know, the kids get to laugh and enjoy. And these would be some happy memories for the kids. They, they had mom and dad all to themselves. Now, mom and dad, I know right now you are so tired. You think, yes, they have me all to themselves. Oh, grabe. But you know what? Make the best of this. These would be some, you're making some memories, as my mama would say. You're, you're making some memories. So have some fun in this. Now, to help out a little bit, starting on Monday, Pastor Judell and the children's workers will have a kid show ready for you every morning. Right after morning devotions ends at 7 o'clock. Right after that, we will follow with a 30-minute kid show. This is geared especially for the younger ones to give mom a break or something, you know, right after breakfast and, you know, give you a little bit of a break. So we'll have a kid's show for 30 minutes every day. Now, one other thing I want to talk to you about during this next week, like I said, this next week is going to wear a little thin. So faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Now, this is going to pass. This is not going to last forever. This is going to pass. When it passes, we pick back up with life. Now, many people are going to pick back up life very slowly, and then mediocrity is going to set in. Other people are going to be ready for this thing to end, and you're going to jump on it. You've got your plans laid out. You've thought out how I need to pick things up. These are successful people. So sit down in your own family, your own career, your own business. What are the first steps I need to do to pick things up and get things moving forward again? How do I, how do I need to, to get my life back on track again. Now you say, well, pastor, it's hard to think about that right now. Yes, but you need to think about that. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Make a plan, and then when this thing lifts, get out your plan and work your plan. Of course, you'll have to adapt a little bit. Now, one other thing, the environment of your home. I'd keep your home full of worship. I wouldn't let secular music be playing in the house and and eat bulaga all day long. I'd keep your home full of worship. Now, let me give you a few albums that I like to listen to at this time. Sinatch. One of my favorite albums by Sinatch is a song, is an album called Great God, Live in London, great songs. And what I like about some of these African albums is that they're long. They're, they're not like these American albums that are so short. Another favorite of mine is William McDowell. Now, all of his albums are good. He's got Revival Part 1, Revival Part 2. But my favorite is his last one. It's called The Cry. Now... It's about a two-hour album, and it's part healing crusade, part revival meeting, part Holy Ghost falling. It is a wonderful, wonderful album. 
I just absolutely love to just put it on and just enjoy the Holy Ghost for a couple of hours. The other thing I'd recommend doing is put scripture on in your house. I love listening to the New Living Translation. It's one of the easiest translations to listen to. It was written to be read. Okay, let me say that again. The purpose of the New Living Translation was to be read out loud. So they've done a little bit more smoothing with some of the Greek and the Hebrew, but it was it's an easy listen, it's an easy read. So maybe get it online and download a, a New Living Audio Bible and put that out in the background of your house all day and just let faith come up by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now, there's some practical things. Now, let me talk to you for a little bit for our offering thought today. It is amazing to me the problem I'm having with you. <laughs> now, this is a problem with a faithful congregation, a congregation uh, that is not faithful. This is not an issue. But so many of you are saying, Pastor, what about my tithe? What about my seed? What about my remain vow? Guys, you're inundating us with that question in all of our phone calls. Would you please just give this a rest a little bit? Now, yes, we, we, we did set up online giving just to make everybody happy. But you know me. You know I discourage that. And until the day I go to heaven of Jesus tarries, I will continue to discourage it. I will never be like one of these Western style churches that is more interested in how much money comes in online rather than how many people are sitting there in service. God never said, send your money. God always said, bring the tithe, bring the offerings. The tithe and the offerings are about honoring God and there's no honor in just sending it. So let, let me just talk to you and, and please don't get mad at me about this. You know, some of you, you know, you're, you're very, you're very serious about this. So please don't get mad. And I'm not making fun, but some of you just need to lighten up a little bit. Okay. Now, the tithe and the seed is brought before the Lord as an act of honor. So why not just do like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 16, 12. Paul said, on the first day of every week, I want you to set aside a sum that when I come, no collections will have to be made. So, all right. Today's the Lord's day. It's the first day of the week. Why don't you take your tithe and take your seed, set it aside, put it in an envelope. Well, I don't have an offering envelope, Pastor, any envelope. Seal it and stick it in a desk drawer someplace. Put it away, stick it inside your Bible, whatever. And then when we're all back together in a week or so, then you bring your tithe and your seed and you bring it as an act of thanksgiving and a worship to honor God, all right? Now, again, some of you, you're so, well, I gotta get this seed in the ground, Pastor. Why? Why are you operating out of fear? We have lived right. Now, let God do his part. Let me say that again. We have lived right. Now let God do his part. Some of you are so, you're so panicked, but we don't do things out of fear. You don't have to get a seed in the ground right now. This, let me just teach you for a minute. This, this is not a season for sowing. This is a season for harvest. Now there's a season for everything. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1. For everything there is a season, a time for every matter under heaven. There is a seed time, Genesis 8 verse 22. While earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Paul calls this season giving, Philippians chapter 4 verse 15. He said, no church entered into a partnership with me in giving and receiving. So. The seed time and harvest, giving and receiving are tied together, but they're, they're different seasons. There's also a season of harvest. Genesis 8, 22, seed time and harvest. Paul says giving and 
receiving. So there's a sowing season and there's a harvest season. Now, now brothers and sisters, you have seed in the ground. Now, just lighten up and relax for a minute. You are faithful tithers. You have sown seed generously. God has given you seed to sow and you've sown that seed generously. Now, would you just lighten up just a little bit and just relax and understand you've got seed in the ground. You don't need to be worried about tomorrow. You have sowed seed as a family and as individuals. Second Corinthians 9, verse 6, Paul said, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. But now, put the focus on the, the second half of that verse right now. Whoever sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. This is a time for you to reap a harvest. It's not a sowing season, it's a harvest season. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Now, now straight talk. Sowers don't fear the uncertainty of the future. Oh, let me just put that in you again. Sowers do not fear the uncertainty of the future. We are certain about the future. We have a harvest coming. We have a bountiful harvest coming. God has promised to increase the harvest. We're not concerned about, oh, is there going to be a world recession? Oh, oh is there going to be a world depression? Oh, will I, will I survive financially when this is done? Folks, sowers don't fear the future. You are a sower. God has given you seed to sow. You've sowed that seed generously. Now, would you just lighten up and just relax in faith? Sometimes as a farmer, you've got the seed in the ground. Now you just have to let it produce the harvest. Would you just lighten up and relax a little bit and realize we're sowers. We, we don't fear the future. We are certain of the future. We have seed in the ground. Now, if I was a, a Christian who was a stingy person and not a giver, well, maybe I'd be concerned. But I know you. I know the generosity of your heart. I've watched the generosity of your heart for 40 years. I've watched you sow seed. I've watched you build God's house. I've watched you help the poor. I've watched you give for missions and help spread the gospel. I've watched your generosity. Now, it's one thing that I have seen it. But do you remember how Jesus went into the temple courts during that first Holy Week and watch the giving. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus has watched your sowing. All through these years, every offering, Jesus has watched the generosity of your heart. Now, can you just trust him? Psalms 18, verse 25. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. Ah, I just, just park on that for a minute. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. Now, right now, just tell your heart to be still. Just say this with me. Be still, my heart. Trust in God. Say it again. Be still, my heart. Trust in God. Don't be afraid about an uncertain future. To the faithful, he will show himself faithful. You are a sower. You have seed in the ground. You know the future. There is a harvest in your future. Businessmen, there is a harvest 
for your future. Canteen owners and Saudi Saudi stores, there is a harvest in your future. There's a family right now in Indonesia, and I was just told their story yesterday. They'd been through some really, really hard times. They'd lost their furniture business. It was a mess. Everything was really, really hard. But these were people who were givers, but they'd gone through some hard times. This thing has so turned around, they are now producing alcohol. (laughs) They can't keep up with the business. God has turned the whole thing around for them. Now, who would have thought that hand alcohol for washing your hands would become a huge business that could bring a family back out of bankruptcy? But God did. My friends, to the faithful, God shows himself faithful. Now, please, all I've wanted to do in the offering thought today is tell you, you have seed in the ground. Would you please lighten up a little bit? Not worry about sowing more seed. Not worry about getting your tithe into the, into the church. All of this will, will take place at its time, and you can come and honor God. But right now, would you just relax and just let your heart be still? You have seed in the ground. You do not have an uncertain future. You have a harvest in your future. You don't have recession and depression and financial hardships in your future. You have a harvest in your future. We don't live by the world's economy, my friends. All of our needs are met according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. We live off a different economy. We have provision coming from home and home is our heaven. You have a harvest coming. Father, I lift you right now, all of your sons and daughters, every family. Father, they have walked with you faithfully to the point, Father, that sometimes I've wept with joy through the years watching, watching how you give seed to your people to sow, watching how they sow it generously and watching how you bless and prosper them. Father, let this be not a time of hardship, but let this be a time of the greatest season of harvest that we have ever seen in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, offering thought is over. Let me give you one more practical tip. I told you this last weekend, but most of you weren't there. So let me say it again. I want you to remember what I've taught you all through the years. We save in the good times and we buy in the hard times. You've been saving. Now, in the hard times, biblically, that's when wealth transfers. Now, we know about the transfer of wealth, but most people never teach you that wealth, nowhere in the Bible does wealth transfer except in the hard times. Maybe the first great illustration of it is with uh, Joseph and Pharaoh. But you also have to look at the illustration of Isaac. Wealth transfers in the hard times. As we come through this, there's going to be some tremendous opportunities out there for homes, for cars, for businesses. There's going to be some tremendous opportunities out there if you've prepared yourself. All right, let's go back to worship one more time.
I absolutely love that song. And brothers and sisters, how true. Your hope, your confident expectation of a future good is in Jesus. Please, let's keep your eyes on Jesus like Sister Bev taught us last Sunday. Let's keep ourselves focused on Jesus. Now, I do have to tell you, my phone goes off at the strangest times because honestly, my phone doesn't stop. I'm getting four to 500 what's ups every day. And, oh, it's crazy. But I do have to tell you, that last what's up was really, really cute because it shows some of our members dressed up in their ushering uniforms, worshiping God around their TV sets. What faithful ushers we have. You guys are absolutely awesome. Now, this week in the evening services, I started teaching you out of one thought from Psalms chapter 91, that he protects those who know his name. Now, the name of God refers to the character and the nature of God. And we've repetitively said every night that faith is a relationship thing. Faith is not an intellectual thing. You can have your triple PhD in theology and you know what? Not have enough faith to, to get your nose healed. Faith is a relationship thing. It's not a doctoral degree. It's a relationship thing. You know him. This is why, you know, forgive me, this is why Paul teaches us in Hebrews 11. Faith has two parts. He who comes to God must, number one, believe that he is, and number two, that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So you've got to know that God is God, his power, and you've got to know his character, his nature. Now, all that is relationship. So all this week, I've been teaching you about the character of God. In these days, my job as your pastor is to strengthen your faith. It is not to mobilize you to action because there's nothing we can do. We're, we're locked down. If it was Ondoy or a typhoon, I, my role would be to mobilize you to action. Right now, my role is to teach you to rest in faith and to have faith in a faithful God. Now, Psalms chapter 86, verse five and verse 15 is where we've left off. You are forgiving and good. We've talked about the God as a forgiving God. We've talked about the God as a good God. Abounding in love, we talked about that the last two nights, that God is abounding in love to all who call on you. Psalms 86, verse 15, but you, O God, are a compassionate and gracious God. We may get into that down toward the end of next week. You are a compassionate and gracious God slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Now today and for the next few nights in the services, I wanna to talk to you about the faithfulness of God. Now first we need to understand what it is. It's the Hebrew word imunah, E-M-U-N-A-H. That's E-M-U-N-A-H, imunah. Everybody say that with me, imunah. Sounds almost African, but it's not African, imunah. It literally means faithfulness. Matatabat, stability, matatag, steady, truth or true, tatao, trustworthiness, makatatohanan, dependable, maasahan. It literally means you can count on God. Makaka asaka sajos. That's literally what it means. The faithfulness of God means that God is faithful, steady, this imuna. God is faithful, God is steady, God is reliable, God is true, God is trustworthy, God is dependable. Literally, um, you can count on God. What God says is gonna happen. Now, now, you say, well, Pastor, why would they translate it true? 
Well, because if something is true, it doesn't change. It's faithful. So I want you to understand with me this whole concept of the faithfulness of God is about the fact that you can count on God. Now, every verse I'm going to use for you for today and for the next few nights uses this Hebrew word, imunah. It might be translated true. It might be translated trustworthy. It might be translated faithful. It might be translated steady. For instance, Exodus chapter 17, verse 12 says, when Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained imunah. His hands remained faithful, steady, dependable. You can count on them. This is what imunah is all about. Now, as we begin to move past the definition and we begin to talk about what imunah is, you have to understand that imunah, or the faithfulness of God, is something that is experienced in relationship. Isaiah chapter 38, verse 19. The living, the living, they praise you, as I am doing today. Fathers tell their children about your faithfulness. Now notice, it's not children telling their fathers about faithfulness. It's fathers telling their children about faithfulness. Faithfulness is something that you experience in life. That's why we sing songs like, all my life you have been faithful. That's why we sing songs like that. Because I'm 63 years now, 63 years old now. I'm still a young man, but I've lived long enough that I don't panic about the things I used to panic about. I don't get scared of the things that I used to get scared about. We've learned together that God is faithful. Now, now young people, you're a little nervous and you, you look at your parents and you don't understand why are my parents that worried about this? Well. They've lived through Ondoy and God provided. They've lived through super typhoons and God provided. They've lived through economic crisis brought about by political crisis with coup d'etats and coup d'etats until we were cuckoo from coup d'etats and, and rebellions. Ah, we've been through it all, 52% interest rates. I mean, we've, we've been there and lived it for years. We, we've lived the brownout years. We, we've lived through all of that. No work, no pay. So if there's no electricity, there's no work, thus there's no pay. We, we've lived through that. And God was faithful. Now, brothers and sisters, you have to understand, there are things that used to scare us that don't scare us anymore because we've proven his faithfulness. There are things that used to worry us that don't worry us anymore because we've proven his faithfulness. Now, I have to take you back to understand this is something that we live and we grow in. I understand a Peter who could, Lord, don't you care that we're perishing when he's a young pastor, but later on he's sound asleep because his faith has grown and the angel has to kick him to wake him up. I can remember in the early days of the building program when the economic crisis was just going crazy and, you know, we'd, we'd get things stable and then we'd make some orders and then the prices would double because the pace would devalue by 50% again overnight. And I would just sit down and cry and say, God, they can't find you, but they can find me. And in the middle of that, what most people don't know is I was walking around with nitroglycerin tablets in my pocket because I had an artery that was so stressed that an artery was closing just from the stress. You say, Pastor, you don't ever act like you're worried about money anymore. No, I'm really not. <laughs> I've learned God is faithful and God will provide. Now your parents are in the same situation. 
We walk this journey together with God for so many years. We've learned that God is faithfulness. It's something that parents teach their children. So right now, parents, I'd like you to plan to take some time this week to sit your children down. And rather than let them be afraid of all the stuff that they're hearing, talk to them about the brownout years. Talk to them about the, the years of coup d'etats and the years of revolutions and the years of 52% interest rate and how God always provided. Talk to them about ondoy. Talk to them about all the things you've walked through in life and how God met the needs of the family, how God always showed up and God always provided. Tell your children the stories of God's faithfulness. They need to hear those stories. So faithful is something, faithfulness is something that is learned in relationship. God is faithful and he wants us to know this. Exodus chapter 34, verse six. And as he passed in front of Moses proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God. Now this is when God hid Moses in the cleft of the rock. The compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Now Moses didn't know God very well then. He'd seen the burning bush. He'd seen the judgments of God upon Egypt and the plagues of Egypt. But now he's been told by God, take these people out of Egypt, take them through the desert. There is no water and there is no food and bring them into the promised land. <laughs> Moses is taking a huge risk. And forgive me, there's no way to mitigate that risk. There's no way to minimize that risk. God didn't even take them on the short path. God said, I'm going to lead you the long way because you're not ready to face battles yet. Now, what did God have to do to help Moses as a leader? God showed Moses, I'm abounding in faithfulness. Moses, you don't need to worry about this. I will be faithful. I will always be there. I will always provide food, I'll always provide the water. I'm abounding in faithfulness. Moses had to learn this. Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse nine. Now let me just read you some verses to get, to get this into you. Deuteronomy seven, nine. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, not a faithful God, the faithful God. This is who he is. He is the faithful God. Deuteronomy 32, verse four, he is the rock, his works are perfect, and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong. This is who he is. This is who your heavenly father is. Psalms 146, verse six, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. The Lord who remains faithful forever. Psalms 86, verse 15, but you, O Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Jeremiah 10, verse 10, but the Lord is the true God. And there's that imunah. The Lord is the faithful God. He is the living God, the eternal king. Oh, I love it. This faithful God isn't gonna die tomorrow. This faithful God is King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the eternal King and he's faithful to you. Psalms 49 verse seven. This is what the Lord says, the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, to him who was despised and abhorred by the nation, to the servant of rulers, kings will see you and rise up. Princes will see you and bow down. 
because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. God has a destiny for your life. He's not going to treat you any differently than this. He said, you know what? You're going to be all right. Kings will bow down to you. Why? Because you're, because I'm faithful. Not because you're faithful, because I'm faithful. Zechariah 8, verse 8. God says, I will bring them back to live in Jerusalem. They will be my people, and I will be faithful and righteous to them as their God. That's the promise of these days that we're living in now, that God would bring the people of Israel back to the promised land and show them his faithfulness. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. God who called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. Did you hear that? The father who called you into fellowship with his son is faithful. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. In the season of temptation, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you may stand up under it. There's always a way of escape. When people tell me, oh, Pastor Summerall, I had no choice. I couldn't help myself. That's a lie. Let every man be a liar and let God be true. God is faithful. I promise you in the season of every temptation before you fell, you ignored a way of escape. Even in temptation, God is faithful. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. Paul said, as leaders, God is faithful. And that is the measure of what we should act like. 1 Thessalonians 5, 24. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Now, you can just meditate on that for a while. Think of every promise God has made. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3. But the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. Did you hear that? The Lord is faithful and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. Hebrews 10, 23, we've been quoting it every night this week. Let us hold on swervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. To the angel of the church of Laodicea write, these are the words of the amen and the faithful and true witness. This, this, is, this is who God is. So, all right, I've overwhelmed you a little bit with, with verses. Let me pull up the rest of this down. I've overwhelmed you with some verses now, and you need to write those down, and these are good things for you to meditate on all this week. Now, what is God's faithfulness to you like? Well, first of all, God's faithfulness to you doesn't come in an eyedropper. <laughs> Sometimes as Christians, we think, well, you know, maybe God runs out. Now, God is not like the grocery store that runs out of, of alcohol. God's faithfulness never runs out. Psalms 86, verse 15, he is abounding in faithfulness. Psalms 57, verse 10, for great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Psalms 108, verse 4, your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Just like God doesn't have a little bit of love, just like God is not a little bit holy, every one of God's attributes is in measured by infinity, so is his faithfulness. Now, this is why people come to me and they say, Pastor Sumrall, are you extreme, are you extreme faith? 
I said, well, considering that faith in God is extreme, I would say yes. Are you extreme grace? Well, everything about grace is extreme. How else did we get saved? I mean, he saves us to the uttermost, the Bible says. Everything about grace is extreme. You see, I don't know how to measure the attributes or the character or the nature of God. Because whether you're talking about love, his love is infinite. Talking about mercy, his mercy is infinite. Talk about his grace, his grace is infinite. Talk about his faithfulness, his faithfulness is infinite. He never runs out of faithfulness. Now, here's a nice thought for you. This infinite faithfulness that God wants to show to you appears suddenly. Psalms 85 verse 15. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth. <laughs> Some of you, please forgive me. And we've all lived here, please. I, I can't in any way criticize anybody because I've lived here so many times in my life. Uh, God, um, where are you? Uh, God, um, any time now. Uh, God, um, you know, it's, it's, it's getting pretty close to disaster. And all of a sudden, boom, everything changes in a heartbeat. And, it, and it's almost just like everything just is different. His faithfulness springs forth. Suddenly, there is stability under your life. Suddenly, everything is taken care of. Suddenly, faithfulness is there. You go, wow. That was interesting. Folks, he will never let you down. He will never fail you. He will never forsake you. Now, sometimes that faithfulness springs forth, but the reason it looks so suddenly is because we don't see all the things that God is doing. We don't see what I like to call the unseen hand of God. The unseen hand of God is working back there. It's like with Naomi back in the Old Testament. She had no idea all the things that God had laid out to give her a beautiful future. So she said, call my name Mara because God has made my life bitter. She didn't understand. And then suddenly his faithfulness sprang forth and she's surprised by it because she never saw the unseen hand of God. My friends, please, my brothers and sisters, please hear me today. You right now see coronavirus. You see, I have to have a, a permit just to leave my house and walk around. And if you're over 60, you know what? They won't even give you one of those. You're locked into your house 24 hours a day in Montelupa. Okay. I'm happy here with Jesus. I got Jesus. I got my wife. I'm a happy man. Miss my dogs, but I'm happy. All we see is what's happening to us physically. The unseen hand of God is working right now. You businessmen, you're so worried about your sales and your, your, your businesses. You don't understand. The unseen hand of God, there, there's somebody planning purchases right now when this thing is over and they're going to be calling you up and buying big orders from you. God is working right now. Some of you have no clue. People are doing strategic planning right now in your companies and you don't realize it, but your name is on a promotion. The unseen hand of God is working for you. 
And it's going to look like suddenly, it looks going to look like a spring forth. But actually, the unseen hand of God has been working and working and working. Now, another thing about the faithfulness of God with what it's like, it, it endures the, the challenges. Psalms 117, Psalms 117, verse 2. For great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of God endures forever. The faithfulness of God endures. Now, I don't believe that the coronavirus is something that God's faithfulness endures. But I think it endures us. Now, let me say that one more time. I don't believe any challenge that the devil throws at God means anything to God. But sometimes our sin challenges God. And he has to endure our sin. He has to endure our lack of faith. 2 Timothy 2 verse 13 says, when we're faithless, he will remain faithful. His, his faithfulness endures our faithlessness. His faithfulness endures our rebellion like the people of Israel in the, the wilderness for 40 years. Some of you need to understand, he hasn't given up on you. Please, his faithfulness can endure your bad attitude. His faithfulness can endure your kawawa. His faithfulness can endure your venting. Okay, please, you, you have to understand his character. His faithfulness can endure me and you. I don't think it has to endure the devil because, psh, but his faithfulness endures us. His faithfulness endures forever. Now, let me emphasize the word forever. Psalms 146, verse 6. The maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. The Lord who remains faithful forever. Did you hear that? The Lord who remains faithful forever. There are a few things that you can count on in life. One of them is God's faithfulness. Forever and ever and ever, he will be faithful. That's why we sing that song. All my life you have been faithful. I like to walk around the house in the morning singing that song. It's just me and Jesus. All my life you have been so, so good. Oh, walk around your house singing it to him. His faithfulness will last forever. From the time that we're born until we lay our head on our pillow the last time and blink our eyes and there's Jesus standing before us to take us home. His faithfulness is forever. Now, how does God express his faithfulness? Well, first of all, he wants to show it. Second Samuel chapter two, verse six. May the Lord now show you kindness and faithfulness. And I too will show you the same favor because you have done this. Now, now here's David's prayer. May the Lord now show you kindness and faithfulness. He said, and I too will show you the same favor because you have done this. Now, this is David's prayer for someone. This is my prayer for you right now. In the middle of this corona crisis, may the Lord now show you his kindness and faithfulness. My prayer for each of your families, may the Lord now show you his kindness and faithfulness. My prayer for your business right now, may the Lord now show you his kindness and faithfulness. My prayer for your careers right now, 
May the Lord now show you his kindness and faithfulness. My prayer for all the frontliners, may the Lord now show you his kindness and faithfulness. Oh, 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 may the Lord show you his faithfulness right now in the middle of this situation for every young person. That's my prayer for you. May this be one of the stories that changes your whole heart toward God for the rest of your life because you watch the faithfulness of God in the midst of the greatest crisis you have ever seen. You watched God's faithfulness. Now, how does God show his faithfulness? Well, first of all, he shows his faithfulness by keeping his good promises. Second Samuel chapter seven, verse 28. Oh, sovereign Lord, you are good. Your words are trustworthy and you have promised all these good things to your servant. Now there's that word, imunah. Your words are faithful. They're steady. They're stable. They're true. They're trustworthy. They're dependable. Imunah. Your words are dependable. Now, think with me first of some Bible illustrations. God made a promise to a young boy named Jacob in Genesis 28, beginning with verse 13. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. And I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants, Jacob, will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and the south. All the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. Now, did God keep those promises? Genesis 32, beginning with verse 9. Decades later, Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, O Lord who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and the imunah, and the imunah, the faithfulness you have shown to your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have become two groups. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I'm afraid he'll come and attack me and also the mothers and their children. But you have said, I will surely make you prosper and make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. Now notice several principles in this passage. I told you earlier that this is something we learn in a relationship experience over decades. Jacob had seen God take him from nothing. I only had a staff. And now I have this huge wealth that I have to divide into two groups. Now, God, you've been faithful to me for these decades. Now you told me to go back to the land and you would prosper me. Okay, I will do it because you are faithful. He knew the faithfulness of God. Now, my friends, what are the promises God has made to you? No disease, no pestilence, no plague shall come near your dwelling places. By his stripes, you have been healed. All of your needs will be met according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Think of all the promises that God has made. How does God show his faithfulness? He keeps his promises. Now, he may not keep those promises in the way we want him to, because sometimes we say, all right, God, this is how I want you to keep that promise. It doesn't work like that. I wish it did, but it doesn't work like that. All my life, I've watched God 
do things in ways that I never understood. And just when I figure out, God, you're going to do it this way, you know what? He doesn't do it that way. He does it in a way that I never saw coming, but he still kept his promise. Now, brothers and sisters, don't put God in a box. Don't, don't put him in a box. Just let him be God and just say, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it. I really don't care how you're going to do it. But God, keep your promises. This is what you promised. Keep your promises and watch how God keeps his promises. Secondly, God shows his faithfulness by giving us guidance. Psalms 43 verse 3. Send forth your light and your imunah. Now, the word translated there is truth, because remember, if God is faithful, God is true. I mean, it doesn't change. Send forth your light and your imunah. Let them guide me. Let your imunah, let your faithfulness guide me. Psalms 25, verse 5. Guide me in your imunah. Guide me in your faithfulness and teach me. How does God show his faithfulness? He leads us. He guides us. Now, some of you businessmen, some of you young professionals, please forgive me. Get over the panic attack. He's going to show you what to do. He's going to show you the path through this and the path to prosperity and success after this. He's going to show this to you. So please, he will show you his faithfulness by guiding you. He will show you, let me say that again. He will show you his faithfulness by guiding you. Thirdly, God shows his faithfulness by protecting us. Psalms 40, verse 11. Do not withhold your mercy from me, O Lord. May your love and your imunah, your faithfulness, always protect me. Psalms 57, verse 3. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me, Selah. God sends his love and his faithfulness. Psalm 61, verse 7, may he be the enthroned in God's presence forever. Appoint love and faithfulness to protect him. Psalms 91, verse 4, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. Brothers and sisters, can you begin to understand you are protected by the love of God? You are protected by the faithfulness of God. You are protected by the goodness of God. Now just focus on the faithfulness here. His faithfulness is a shield. I was looking at Facebook, and I admit, I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook, but I was looking through it the other day, and Eros had just, Eros Absente had just put up this, this shield with God's faithfulness on it. I thought, now that's a good revelation to get into somebody's life. God's shield is faithfulness. There is a shield. All of you frontliners, listen to me. There is a shield for you called the faithfulness of God. All of you policemen, all of you doctors, nurses, med techs, there is a shield called the faithfulness of God. Now, I tried this illustration a few weeks ago, and I'm not sure most people got it because you know me, I like science fiction. I'm, I like science anyway, but I like science fiction too. You, you know, you, have you ever noticed that the, the tablets that they used to walk around with on Star Trek, we now walk around with today? It's amazing. 
But if you go back to a Star Trek video or something, or to a Star Wars video or something, you know they have those shields on their spaceships, and you know they fire their things at those shields, and those shields are holding up, but the their their beams and things can't get through the shields. Now listen to me. There is a shield around your life that the fiery darts of the devil cannot get through, that coronavirus can't get through. His faithfulness. Now, let me give you two more real quick. Let me just give you one more. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 8. I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery. I hate iniquity. In my faithfulness, I will reward them. How does God show his faithfulness? By rewarding you. By rewarding all the good things you've done for other people. Now, ushers, med tech people, frontliners. Think about all the MMU. Think about all the, all the love that you have sowed. All the people you have served in the crusades and the provinces. All the people. Med techs, think about all the people. Doctors, nurses, think about all the people that you have helped in the medical clinics giving free your services, that you paid a lot of money to get those degrees to earn money. But instead of earning money, you you give it freely. You go down to Aroma, you go to the Crusades, and you care for people. There is a reward for that. All of the good things that you have done for other people, in faithfulness, he will reward you. You see, he promised to reward you. So look forward to those rewards. All right, let me pray for you today. But please let me remind you one more time. As a family, sit down and read Psalms chapter 91 today. And as a family, read it. And then as a family, lay hands on your house. And maybe walk around your house today singing a little bit. All my life you have been faithful. And meditate on these verses. We'll see you tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. for morning devotions. Father, let your hand rest upon your people today. Let them see your faithfulness right now in this season. Let them see your provision. Let them see your reward. Let them see your protection. And Father, when we get to heaven, we're going to see even more that you've been doing that we can't see with our physical eyes right now. Let your hand be upon your people. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you tomorrow morning, 6 a.m.